and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry, why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am however interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. Today, I'm talking to my dear friend, Laura J. Clegg, about our lived experiences of ADHD. I chose to cover ADHD this week as October is ADHD Awareness Month and in true ADHD fashion, I left it right to the last minute and managed to get it out there just in the nick of time. We are sharing how ADHD affects us individually, both in and outside of work. We share stories, go off on tangents, forget words, where our conversations are going and even what ADHD even stands for. But most importantly, we laugh a lot. Laura is a good friend of mine. She is so down to earth and genuine. She's been a groomer for 10 years and she's run her own business for five years. Today's interview is just like our normal conversations. Neither of us are professionals in ADHD, but we are groomers with ADHD who are interested in ADHD. It's important to remember the traits of ADHD do show up differently to everyone. So not everyone will do exactly the same things that we do. And as they say, once you know one person with ADHD, you know one person with ADHD. But I think it's interesting comparing the ways that it manifests in us, sometimes similar, sometimes different. So I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did. Here we go. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers. How are you today? Hi, Carla. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Nice, relaxed Sunday morning, done a bit of housework. Yeah, ready to start. I vote. Yeah, I've only been up about an hour, but the sun is shining, so... Yeah, that's what Sundays are for. So yeah. <laughs> can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about how long you've been grooming and any other business? So I have been grooming for, I think it's coming up on 10 years now, possibly. I got into grooming whilst I was in Canada on a working holiday visa. I started out as a bather for six months, which I actually think is a really good thing to do before going into the whole picking up scissors and clippers and stuff. And then I moved back to England and I've worked in a few salons over here. And then in 2019, I went self-employed and I've been self-employed ever since. Wow, I didn't even know you started grooming in Canada. That's new to me. I, you know, I just assumed <laughs> I you already knew friends that. And I didn't yeah. even know that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's how I got into it. Wow. I just, you know, wanted a job to earn some money out there. I've worked in animal shelters before over here in England, and I just fell in love with it. And yeah, they uh, they sent me to their grooming school. And yeah, that's how I fell into grooming. It wasn't planned. 
thought right. it would just be a bit of a, a job to earn some money and Is no it's in your career yeah it's the longest longest job I've ever had <laughs> so good part to sort of then go on to the fact that we're talking about ADHD today yes <laughs> <laughs> and and the struggle at sticking at things jobs hobbies all that stuff yeah yes and that's that's interesting you say that as well actually because I was a dance teacher for 10 years I did it around other jobs and I've had so many jobs as well, and I think that is quite common in the ADHD world, isn't it? But grooming has been my full-time job for 10 years, and it has also kept me interested and kept me stuck at it, I suppose. So, because obviously ADHD is, um, I can't even remember what it stands for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, because we've got ADHD, so of course we're not going to remember what it stands for. Oh my god! And Hang to on. be fair, the the name of it it's a bit of a rubbish name okay, for it, go, isn't here it? Go, here we go. Here we go. ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So <laughs> if we start by talking about our concentration, uh, well, we we're going to talk about sort of how it affects us at work mainly aren't we obviously we'll bring a bit of bit of life into it as well outside life so there might be other people out there who are grooming who have adhd or think they might have adhd or might not realize and then yeah so it's a good (laughs) yeah it's a good angle and i don't think it's an angle that i've seen any podcast on the grooming and adhd thing together so thank thank you for doing this oh no it's it's a pleasure (laughs) It's just like talking in our normal conversations that we have at the time anyway. So it's just our our usual FaceTimes, but we have to remember people need to be able to follow along with us jabbering on at 50 miles an hour. (laughs) So what would you say at work affects your concentration? What helps with it? What doesn't help with it? Let's start there. For me, I I am easily distracted. So I find putting um, headphones in, listening to a podcast or listening to music, just something to block out any other noise that's going on, like, you know, in the salon or outside of the salon. <laughs> Very similar, actually. I am a complete podcast head nowadays. I used to listen to music in the salon all the time and Gradually, I got introduced to the world of podcasting and following a conversation, following a story, following just someone talking about something random that interests me. Because I tend to go through like hyper focuses where I will be absolutely mad on something for about six weeks and then completely change to something else where it's like oh actually I can't even remember concentrating yeah on that. Why, um, why was I interested in that yeah exactly and then I have other things I'm always interested in so some podcasts I listen to every week and there's not a chance I'll miss them that'll be as soon as they're released I've got it on but like you say it it stops me de- being distracted by oh I just need to go and do this in the house or oh I just need to check my phone check these bookings check you know it's keeping me in one spot so I can a zone in on what I'm doing but because we've we've both been grooming a similar sort of time actually we sort of know our jobs by now probably know our customers you can just sort of lose yourself in in the groom but in yeah. your head you've got this other thing going on 
that's stopping 50,000 other things, you know, distracting me. (laughs) Yeah. So ADHD and autism do have a bit of a crossover in certain symptoms. And Mm. the way ADHD presents in me is with a few sensory things that anyone who, um, anyone with autism might also experience. So sometimes those outside noises they do distract me and I'll find that I'm not grooming quite as quickly as what I know I'm able to do. The putting headphones in is a new thing that I've just kind of discovered because I was only diagnosed early this year with ADHD. So it's something I do need to implement more. I'm thinking of getting some noise cancelling headphones as well because it's not only outside noises and things going on. Sometimes it's my own thoughts and I'll just be you know baffing a dog and my mind wanders and I think I've been baffing this dog for you know 20 minutes now and it really only should have taken 10 minutes so I think having something to block out my own thoughts would keep me on on track with the the grooming times because that is something that I do struggle with is keeping on time with yeah you know when dogs are coming in and out I do get behind sometimes and then end up having to rush and that's actually the exact reason that I'm not listening to music hardly at all in the salon now and that I listen to podcasts instead because I find music will take me off somewhere so I'll remember something and that might yeah. be playing on my mind all day then or it might bring my energy levels up too high if it's something that's too uplifting. Yeah. But if it's too sad, then it might make me sad. Or I think music is something that really makes you think and it really makes you feel. It does with me anyway. Back when I danced, I call it Dance Unleashed, my company, because it would be like you'd feel whatever the music makes you want to do and then you'd just do it. So oh, that's cool. I, I find I find music really impacts me and I love music and I really enjoy it, but it will ha- impact how I'm feeling in the salon because I'm stuck in there by myself all day. And like you said, you've got to keep up with people coming and collecting the dogs and, you know, up to the, you know, the time frame that you've given yourself. And I also don't want to be put in a bad mood if it's something that's made me feel a bit, you know, not quite right that day. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you'll put music on and you'll think, actually, I'm not feeling this right now. I need to listen to this now. And then I'll put that on and I'll be like, oh, well, I can normally listen to that all day, every day. But actually, I'm not really feeling that today. And then it will distract me so much. I need to keep changing the music. Whereas with a podcast, I follow it. No, I totally get you. So with me, I will listen to music sometimes in the salon, but put something on and I'm like, no, actually, that's not working for me. Sometimes the music does also distract me yeah and that's an I guess that's that's another that is an ADHD thing that they say that you can listen to you know certain music for example at a certain volume and be absolutely fine with it but another type of music you're like oh my that's way too loud it's really distracting that yeah you know I'm not feeling quite right with that so that's another one of my sensory things is it does depend on what the noise is where I am whether or not it actually helps me or whether or not it sends me into a bit of a this is stressing me out yeah yeah I actually get that sometimes for example this is outside of work if I go to a, a gathering or something at someone's house or a pub or something like that if I'm somewhere I feel really comfortable and relaxed with lots of people that I know and I'm, you know, happy and normal around, that's fine. But if I'm somewhere that I don't know so well, people I don't know so well, maybe I've gone with one friend, but I don't know everybody. 
everyone's yep. had a drink and stuff like that call that sends me oh that gives me such anxiety when it starts getting louder and louder and you've got conversations going on everywhere and you're like you you can't hear but you can hear everything do you know what I mean you're trying to have a conversation yep. with one person you can't understand what they're saying but you've got everyone else's conversations coming around you. you've got the noise in the background yet people not acting like themselves because they're drunk oh that's enough to just no um, I know yeah I but if I'm with a group of people that I really know well it doesn't really matter what's going on around me if I'm somewhere that I feel comfortable yeah and I think sometimes just depending just how you are feeling on that day as well exactly yeah then impact on you know how you feel with outside like stimuli stimulus not quite sure what the (laughs) Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the correct word is. But some days I will feel more social than other days. Some activities I'm up for doing, some I'm not. Something that I might feel like doing one day, another week I might be like, no, that's not, you know, I don't feel like I can do that today. And I Mm -hmm. think sometimes that's a little hard to explain to people. It is, yeah. Yeah, um, for example, I went to I went to London for my hen for my hen weekend with a, my cousins and my sister and my mum, people that I'm really close to, people I'm used to being around all the time. And it was London and we was in a busy bar, we went to a nice gym bar and I mean it was rammed, but I was fine because I felt I was in a good mood that day, surrounded by people I'm really close to, da 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 da. But then I've had other days where I've gone, say, to like my local city with one friend and a group of their friends, and I just have not dealt with it very well at all. Just because different, like you say, different day, different frame of mind, different group of people, different situation. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Yeah, I think ADHD people, I think, were quite sensitive people, particularly if you're one of the ADHDers that suffers with the RSD, the rejection sensitivity dysphoria I think we are and I think we can be quite empathic people as well so Mm -hmm. we will just pick up on everything else that everyone else is feeling and take that on board and then you've just got a whole whirlwind of things going on inside you and you're just vibrating on the inside with everything else and yeah uh, yeah, it can it can be an uncomfortable feeling for sure because obviously we do talk about this sort of thing we, we, <laughs> yeah. we basically have gone on through our ADHD sort of journey sort of together haven't we we've been finding out about it together we've been you know discussing anything that's come up that we're a bit like oh I'm not quite sure about this but like we both do suffer a bit with ADHD burnout I know that much don't we yeah so what I'm thinking is what hours do you do what how many dogs do you do what's enough what's too much how you know how does it affect you let's have a chat about it so I will usually only work four days a week because with the the ADHD burnout and I think because of the sensory things that I suffer with as well, I need more time away from work to actually like decompress and recover from the day. So for me, working four days a week is better than doing the standard five days a week, which I think Honestly, I know there's been a few studies recently on how a four-day work week is actually more productive. So I'm a big advocate for the four-day work week and not the standardised five-day one. So I've, I've played around with it a little bit where I've worked two days, had a day off, worked two days and then had two days off. But I've just switched back to working four days in a row and having my three days off. Yeah. And whilst doing those four days in a row 
is a bit of a struggle having those three days to recover from everything. That's what works for me. Yeah. I don't do many dogs a day. Usually probably four and five is the average. Sometimes probably more four than five. I think because it does, I've never been a fast groomer anyway. But for me, I sometimes having time scales works because sometimes us ADHDers need that outside pressure to actually be motivated to do yeah. things. But at the same time, if there's too much going on, it then does the opposite for me. So four to five dogs is a comfortable amount for sure. me. And I know a lot of groomers as well, we don't make time to have proper breaks and actually eat food. So then we generally don't eat or drink all day. And then in the evening, you kind of crash and then you just consume all of the calories. <laughs> so I am trying now, this is a very recent thing, is to make sure I am having, even if it's just a 10, 15 minute break to eat some lunch. Because I know a lot of groomers, we don't, we don't, no. we don't always take care of ourselves whilst we're working. No. I've actually done the same recently. I have made sure I've left a good sort of twenty minutes, half an hour in the middle of the day to get a sandwich down me, make a coffee, have a wee. Because that's the other thing I forget to do is have a wee when I'm at work. It's just like, oh, I've got this to do, I've got this to do, I've got this to do. Da, 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 da. And before I know it, yeah. it's like how many hours has gone by? I haven't eaten, I haven't drunk anything, I haven't been for a wee. Everything else is sort of disappeared yeah. behind me and going on around me and I've just you know oblivious sometimes you need that structure and that regimental way of doing things to make you get stuff done because otherwise yeah to just wander off and do something else or get distracted by I don't know reorganizing my comb drawer or something but like (laughs) do you know what I mean like it's oh I didn't need to do that but if you've got like times to like work towards then you, you haven't got time to be distracted by all that other stuff yeah so I definitely know what you mean I'm on five day week at the moment I'm doing probably between four and six dogs a day depending on what dogs what size is all that sort of thing but I do tend to go at it like crazy for about four weeks five weeks and then by week six I'm an absolute mess for a week and it might take me another week to recover and then I start again yeah whereas I think think... if I did like you did four days a week which is my goal next year I've just started taking bookings for next year basically and I'm really trying to dodge that fifth day and put my prices up again that's another thing I'm doing in January because I'm aware that if I'm going down to four days, I'm going to have to lose some dogs. That's so. the that's the difficult one. And as much as there is a lot of talk in the grooming world about you can charge whatever, it doesn't matter where, like where you live. And that, you know, can be true in a sense. But I think sometimes it's not always that way. When you do look at, uh, you know, working less days or cutting down your hours, unfortunately, in, you know, the society that we live in, we need money to to live and survive. Yeah. It's finding that that balance between how much you can work that's not making you unwell, but earning yes. enough money to actually be able to afford to live. Um, yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a difficult one for a lot of people and I know some people can do you know do quite a few dogs a day they can keep up with that unfortunately you know I can't so I then kind of have to make sacrifices in my personal life so I don't have as much free money 
But mm-hmm. from a well-being point of view, that is better for me than cramming in a load of dogs and then burning out and, you know, not being able to work. Because being self-employed as well, you also taking time off is a difficult one. Yeah, but I think it's really important that you've identified that and that you found something that does work for you. Because it's a big, it is a big step to take to decide to do less days to make yourself happier, and it's something that I I do agree with you, which is why it's my goal, you know, next year to do that. Yeah, it's one of the things where you know I don't have kids. Like my personal outgoings, uh, there's the usual things in there, but there's nothing major. And I understand that not everyone has the same circumstances as me. Everyone has that luxury of of working less hours. And like, I am one of the most expensive groomers in my area. They'll try to, you know, stick with, you know, less dogs, a slightly higher price, and it will hopefully, yeah. you know, balance balance itself out. You know, there's a groomer for everyone. There's a groomer for everyone's budget. You know, it's just how you market yourself. If you're going to charge a higher price, then kind of make sure that your work reflects that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't know if that's a really hard thing to say. But yeah, no, it's, it now. it's true. If, if someone's paying a lot of money for a product, they expect, like you say, a, yeah. you know, a nice salon to walk into, good, you know, customer service, polite service, turn the dogs out how they want it turned out within reason. Yeah. You know? And that's um, not to say that if you're a, a newer groomer or, any, or anything, you should be charging really low prices because I don't no. think that's definitely not a good way to go about it and I think many of us probably who have been grooming a long time did make that mistake at the beginning I know I did at the beginning I didn't charge yeah I probably should have done and it is hard to then build your prices up once you've got a customer base that's used to paying one price I know since the pandemic I've gone up twice a year because before the pandemic I probably should have been a lot higher so I have gone up little and regular yeah, it's when you look at how much everything else has gone up in price and then you look at what you're charging for your grooms. And unfortunately, dog grooming to some people is not seen as a skilled job that, you know, deserves that kind of higher price tag. It's changing. Like I think people it are is. Sort of starting to get it, but I still think that they don't look at dog groomers and hairdressers the same. No, definitely not. This, again, might be a bit of a harsh point of view. People will, they're happy to pay a higher price for personal things for themselves, like hair, beauty, gym, you know, Holidays. all these things. Cars. But then <laughs> that for their dog, they don't, they don't think that that deserves the same high price that they spend on themselves. Whereas for me, I spend way more money on my dog than I do on myself. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I think sometimes as well, customers think, oh, that's a lot of money. But the groomer doesn't take home that £50, do they? No, no. And I think it's all those expenses that you have behind the scenes before you take home a personal wage and then all your personal expenses that have to come out and then you're left just with this tiny little percentage yeah yeah yourself and I think that's you know and then you've got to remember to put it aside for tax oh which is another thing that we was going to talk about because yes what did I send you a picture of the other day Oh, your little, your pile of just 
receipts just in a little pile <laughs> on your table and I was like yeah no I too also have a box of receipts that have been organized and although I do like the benefits of being self-employed in terms that I can set my own schedule and the amount of dogs that I do and what days I work and when I can have time off the the physical grooming part and hyper focusing on grooming the dog yes yeah. is pretty that's pretty easy and comfortable for me yeah everything else from you know speaking to customers booking appointments taking <laughs> pictures advertising all the admin stuff is something that I definitely struggle with and I think that is due to the executive dysfunction that ADHDers yeah. have. Um, I wish I could be one of those people who, you know, at the end of every day, right, what expenses have come out and then they do it again at the end of the week and at the end of the month, they get everything all filed away. And that is that is not me. No, <laughs> me neither. No, and that pile that I sent you a picture of was a pile that was left after already spending two hours of sorting out, you know, the beginning yeah. of that pile. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I definitely know what you mean. Getting back to book, sorting bookings out. Like I say, I've just started taking bookings for January to April and it's an absolute mission. What I find trouble with is I'm looking at the diary, I'm messaging the customer. I've got to remember what day, what month, you know, what number it is as I'm writing all these dates in and I'm writing 24th of March when I mean the 24th of January just because I've written the wrong thing and I haven't go back and really check because I know it's so easy for me to just mess bookings up by writing the wrong day the wrong time I've looked at the wrong page so I might put Thursday the 20th when actually the 20th is a Friday one that I do yeah I really struggle with and it stresses me out trying to like figure out how much to charge for dogs stresses me out because sitting down and actually figuring all that stuff out is definitely definitely not my strong point I know we was talking about tax the other day and you said you've got this year's sort of sorted and ready to go but not actually like finished or something I haven't even started this year's one the one that's due in January I haven't touched yet I'm I'm, that's what I was sorting them receipts out for because I thought I've got to start something I think that is that is very common that I have to have an accountant. I could not do my accounts by myself. I don't so, oh, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward for me because I'm just a one, you know, one woman, one woman band. So, you know, I get everything together eventually, and I put that in a file, and I just drop it off at my accountant's, and he works everything out, and then he sends me right. This is what it's working out at. Can you sign, and I'll submit it for you. And then he tells me how much tax I owe. And then I go, right, okay, woo. Yeah, I, do, I just I have, do. I just have yeah. the worst, like, task paralysis over it. I think oh, they call it, don't they? Where you just, you've got something that you need to do, but for some reason, you just can't do it. That I, I know if I sit down every week, it will probably take me about 20 minutes to sort out my books and sort of, I know it's going to be easier. I know that it's going to save me loads of stress. I know that it's going to help me budget better. I know all this stuff that's going to be amazing, but yet sitting down and actually doing it, I just can't do it. It's, it drives me crazy. Yeah, it really it is. To like winter and you've got this deadline looming, you just go in, I just go into robot mode and it's like, all this stuff has to be done. And like, I go crazy. I'll do nothing else for like a month straight other than sit there stress out and get it done like on a real mission because 
there's a deadline there and I have to do it and I don't want to pay that however many hundred pounds it is if I miss the deadline I'll stress myself out stupid I won't sleep I won't eat I won't wee you know I won't yeah. talk to anyone I won't socialize it, it's just all consuming for that month of the year when I know that I could do it the rest of the year but just sitting down and do it, it's enough to make me cry honestly just and, thinking about and it, it is, you can probably it hear really it in my voice it, isn't it <laughs> Yeah, like you just a bloody spreadsheet last year. Like he showed me a spreadsheet, (laughs) and I cried at him. No, it is incredibly frustrating. It's so embarrassing because I know it's such an easy task to do, but I just, I just can't do it. And I I can, like, yeah, like you, you you can, you, you kind of. I know I can because I do it every year because I leave it so last minute I do it all in a month every year it's not that I can't do it it's just sitting down and putting time aside and oh it just makes me want to be sick yeah and it's a hard one it is a hard one to explain when people are like well just do it or people are like oh yeah you know oh I do that too and yes there are ADHD symptoms that other people who don't have ADHD will also, yeah, you know, have have issues with. I think that's a really difficult thing that I think hopefully more awareness about what ADHD is and how it affects people. Well, yeah. hopefully people can understand us a little bit more. I did have a point of what I was actually going to say then and I've completely actually <laughs> forgot what it, what the point was that I was trying to make and now it now it's gone if I remember I'll shout it out but I've just completely forgotten yeah. what the it's point like was. it's just the whole I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it shit I've got to do it I've got to do it I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it now and I can't do anything else until it's done <laughs> and it comes back to things so back in in school and college I I I didn't revise for exams until the very last minute the night before yeah. and I'd be like oh god I've not I've not done anything and then I'd frantically do my revision and somehow do okay in my exams miraculously yeah. so you're someone who can retain that knowledge sort of in the short term like when you need to actually just zoom in and focus it sort of just goes in because it has yeah to in, only sort of when that pressure is there and that hyper focus mm. is there but mm. On the flip side, you know, I suffer with, um, you know, is it the, I always forget the term, the object impermanence or something like that, mm-hmm. where out of sight, out of mind, yeah. you know, there'll be yeah. something that I need to do for the salon. And as soon as I walk out that salon door, it's gone. Yeah. And it could be something that's actually quite important, really. Yeah. But because I don't feel that, that, pressure you know in my head it's just gone it's just like it's just fallen out of my head when um you was talking about your GCSEs it's kind of interesting because I did work hard at school and I usually didn't remember my homework so I was the person phoning my friend every night Sunday to Thursday what's due in tomorrow what's due in tomorrow what's due in tomorrow because I just wouldn't have a clue what I was supposed to be doing and I can't remember what it, what they were talking about it's gone that was then this is now I can't remember what he said yeah. I had to do so I was a bit like that and then I got to my mock exams my mock GCSEs and I really really did not do very well in them at all mm. so my mum um, immediately got on the phone and got me like a private person to help me after school because things like maths I was in 
the work. I just didn't get it. I just wasn't interested. I had teachers yeah. that didn't really inspire me. I had a tutor as well because I just, I just fell behind because mm -hmm. I, now I know that I was distracted. The things in school that, that didn't interest me or spark joy or give me that hit of dopamine mm -hmm. I really struggled with so I yeah. did have to, I did my mum and dad did also get me a tutor for certain subjects and it's funny that the turning point was when you pick what your GCSE options yeah. are and it's funny that the three things I picked are performing arts and food technology Mm -hmm. And those were the things that I got the best grades in because those yeah. are things I'd chosen to do and I had an interest in doing. Yeah. Whereas the the maths and the science wasn't an interest. And like you said about the teachers as well, if there, was a, if there was a teacher that you kind of got along with and inspired you, that made a massive difference. Mm. Whereas, so I'm going off on, on a, well, it's a bit of a tangent is, up until year 11, I had um, a, a maths teacher that I really liked. She was really kind and she explained things really well. And I didn't feel embarrassed about saying, I don't actually understand that. Can yeah. you help? Yeah. And then because, because of her, I then got a little bit better at maths. But then for my last year, they moved me up a set. And I did not, that teacher terrified me. Yeah. I just did not, could not click with her at all. So then I didn't concentrate in lessons. I didn't understand. I was too scared to be like, I actually, I don't understand. So then I'd ask my friends for the answers. And then my grades then dropped in maths. Yeah. I was the opposite direction. I did all right at maths at primary school. And then I went to high school and it all just got a bit too much, a bit too scary. And I just gradually went down and down in sets as I went through. But right up before my GCSE, um, my mum put me together a timetable of all the things that I needed to revise, all of the subjects within like three months of before my exams and that's when I really hyper focused in oh that's and I was like idea. zoned right in I've got to do this today I've got to learn this today da, 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 da. tick the box that's done move on tomorrow and I actually came out with quite decent um I mean they weren't like you know it's not like oh she's an A grade across the board student it was nothing like that but I, I passed a lot of subjects and yeah. my exam results that I got given in my mocks all went up by at least two or three but like you, I did a hell of a lot better in the ones that I enjoyed. I really liked English English literature. I really enjoyed yeah. performing arts, same as you, drama, history. That. But those subjects yeah. that you do enjoy, it's like you, you'd be quite happy to revise those subjects all day, every day, and just forget about the other ones. Yeah, um, like, well, like, I don't, like, don't want to do that one. It's not like you can't be bothered to do the work. It's just that the stuff mm -hmm. that you're not interested in doesn't really go in as easily and it's the same in the salon I find it, the cleaning not really a very interesting aspect so at the end of the day I will sweep the floor I'll put my scissors away so that they're tidy and safe but then the actual cleaning will probably happen first thing the next morning because I've got to do the cleaning ready for my first customer to come in so yeah. for me I need that pressure to get that aspect of it. Like I don't leave it a complete state overnight but it's certainly not how I want it to be when the customers come in that happens I'd yeah. rather I'd rather get up an hour earlier in the morning to spend that time in the morning doing it because I've got a customer coming in 
and I have to get it done than actually spend an extra 45 minutes in the salon at night when I actually want to go and get my tea started. I want to sort my dogs out. I want to go and spend time with my partner. I want to relax. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I think that's for me anyway, it's a mix of that cleaning is it's not an enjoyable thing for me. Some people get that kind of dopamine satisfaction of having a nice clean space. And I'm unfortunately I'm not one of those people. And I, I think it's also a mix of as well of because we have gone into a bit of that hyper focus for the physical act of grooming those dogs and you've done that for hours and then we've not stopped we've not drank we've not eaten we've forgotten to go to the bathroom that then when that last dog is done your body just crashes yeah i definitely feel that one but yeah that overwhelm kicks in and it's so the mix of both the oh my god coming out of the hyper focus and now I'm burnt out and overwhelmed and now I have to do this task that isn't going to give me any of the dopamine that I that I need to be able to yeah. carry carry on to function is just gone and I did used to do what what you do where I would you know, I'd put my equipment away, I'd rinse the bath, I'd sweep up, you know, like not every, sometimes I would feel a bit more motivated and mm-hmm. like, you know, like once a week or whatever. But yeah, I, I would go into the salon earlier and I'd, you know, like dust down the reception desk and hoover any cobwebs and, you know, things so yeah. that when that customer came in, the salon was presented to them in a way that I was happy with. And I do feel a lot of shame, particularly in my personal life, about the state of, like, my house and my car. Yeah, my van is just, like, it's known as the dumping ground in my house. Yeah, it's... I <laughs> because do... it is a van, it's even worse than when I used to have a car because I could just shut the back door on it and nobody can see yeah, it. Yeah, like, I don't really like people coming round to the house because I feel shame of having hoovered and, and dusted and, you know... I mean, there's not, there's not mouldy plates of food and stuff growing on no. it or anything like that. But yes, there is fluff all over the floors and I've not dusted and things haven't been put away and every surface there's just stuff just, you know, everywhere. And, you know, I do feel a sense of shame in that, but I just... I just really do struggle to keep on top of those things. So, yeah, there's only certain people that I feel comfortable coming round. And sometimes the pressure of someone coming round is what I need to yes. kind of yeah a little bit. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, someone is coming round. Oh, my God, I need, I need to do this. Yeah, with me at my house, everything, I like to keep things, like, clean. Like, I'll poover and dust. That That, for me, makes me feel like, I've done I've accomplished something so hoovering yeah. dusting cleaning out cupboards in the kitchen things like that I'll do all that because for oh, me, I, I feel those. like I feel like I've achieved something reorganizing things I love reorganizing things like my my front windowsill basically has well I had a count up because I know we was talking about pot plants earlier on Facebook yeah. so you've got your first little pot plant haven't you and it made me think I need to count how many bloody plants I've got in my house at the moment and I've Please got do. 42 pot plants Right. And in these 42 pots, some of these pots have got more than one plant in. Right. So I don't I didn't count the intervals all plants. But this is what happens with me. I'll do I'll get into something. I can't just do a bit. 
I can't just have one plant. I have to have all the plants. All of the plants. And at the moment, we've just had our lounge floor tiled. So everything out of my lounge is upstairs, in the garage, in my spare room, literally on the landing, wherever it needs can go because, you know, a whole room's worth of stuff everywhere. But in general, like, those sorts of jobs keep me happy. I love, like, rearranging and all that sort of thing. What I struggle with is I will do something get distracted by something else whatever I'm doing then doesn't get put away because I've gone off and done something else and then I'll do that probably mm-hmm. another two or three times throughout the day maybe more and then I'll yeah. have to go somewhere so I'll go out and then I'll come back and then Gary will come in and be like what the hell's going on in here today and I'm like uh I was just doing that and that and that there <laughs> yeah like, I just yes and, and then you're walking around you don't even see this stuff because you're so busy focusing on whatever it is that you are doing at that specific time and then you look and you think oh crap I've got to sort all that out now um yeah and you don't even realize I think when I was talking to Stuart one of the other interviews he said oh so there's a little trail of Carla's behind you I'm like yeah that's what it is yeah you can see where I've been because of what I've been up to because <laughs> of the yeah the destruction that we have left behind yeah <laughs> I've got I've got I've got a couple of funny little stories that I just need to tell because they just yeah, really make, make me laugh like as a child and a, and a teenager I would get, I would suddenly decide I'm going to reorganise my room. (laughs) And I'd start pulling everything out of drawers and the cupboard and taking things on shelves. (laughs) This is me now. (laughs) It would just be a tornado of stuff. And I'd be doing, and it'd be like 11 o'clock at night. And then I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore now. And my room would just be in utter utter chaos (laughs) because I suddenly got the urge to start reorganizing you know my bedroom and I wouldn't drink and I wouldn't eat and I wouldn't go to the bathroom and then all of a sudden it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm like you know like the bed's in the middle of the room because I decided I also wanted to rearrange the furniture as well You know, and then you end and... up clean, cleaning as you go because obviously yeah, if you're like, gonna oh, do it. You oh might God, as well right, do it right. Well, I need to get I need to get the polish and the duster, and I'm gonna have to dust just that so then something else gets left unfinished. And then the other week, I was like, right, I really need to tidy my kitchen. Definitely need to tidy the kitchen. So started tidying the kitchen, and then suddenly hyper focused on the fact that I needed to clean every inch of the inside of my washing machine. <laughs> and pulled the drawer out and was soaking that in all this stuff and I was like inside my washing machine with a toothbrush you know like this and then the stuff that actually needed to get done in the kitchen did Didn't not get, get done. done because I went <laughs> I like all call, over. <laughs> yeah I like to call them side quests where you know the main the main quest that you're meant to be doing you know to complete the game um doesn't get done because I find all these little side quests I'm gonna do instead (laughs) and it happened again it happened again yesterday I needed to do some food prep and eat some lunch because I was going to a friend's party last night and I was like right well I need to take the dogs for a walk first of all oh I'll call at the raw food shop actually because I need to pick up a few things then I ended up buying things I did not plan on buying coming home and spending two hours mixing up various potions and treats and freezing little pots and putting things on licking mats and (laughs) and stocking the freezer 
And then I looked and I was like, I've not food prepped or eaten lunch. And I'm actually meant to be in the shower by now. And I have not, not done that. And therefore, I was then late setting off and getting to my friend and picking my friend up and arriving at the party. Oh, no. Just it just sounds like my life every day. Just just... And it's so funny that when we first started talking about ADHD, when I reached out to you and was like, I think I've got this. And you told me about the um, ADHD is Females podcast. Yes, yeah. And listening to their podcast was just such a big, massive light bulb moment. And it's like everything clicked into place. And it was was like they were talking about my life. Yes. They could have been taught, they could have been reading like a eulogy of my life. And at one minute you're laughing because you're just so related. And then... I did yeah. cry several times. So I thought, you know what? It's just, this is so, it was like a buzz because it was like, I understand there's a reason that I am yeah. like this. Because like when we talk, it's so amazing how when we talk, it's like, I can tell you something and not feel like ashamed or feel like Yeah, and not struggle. Do you know what? You might mm-hmm. not get what I'm saying, but I feel like yeah. I don't know why and I feel like this and it's awful, but. I don't really know how to express it. I don't know how you're going to take it. But when I talk to you, now we both know that this is the problem. It's like we can just say it and it's like, oh, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Or or actually, I don't do that. Yeah. But that's really similar to when I do this thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, oh, oh OK. Mm-hmm. It's all right, actually. Yeah. I think because as well, um, because we ADHDers, when we start to find out about ADHD, we obviously then hyper focus. Of course. And- yeah go into a full-on deep dive research we could write a dissertation on it is that symptoms and things that I might have that you know you don't have and vice versa whilst we can't personally relate to them because we've got this understanding and awareness of the ADHD condition yeah we we understand what it is that you're you know um struggling with um and what I did want to touch on actually do you remember when you asked me at the beginning if I had any questions or anything that I wanted to say and I couldn't remember I have remembered now is that obviously both me and you are very late diagnosed ADHD and it's just something I did want to touch upon um just in case there are groomers out there that maybe have have struggled with things in the life and they're, they're not sure why is that for a lot of women especially it is extremely common for us to be misdiagnosed not diagnosed yeah. at all diagnosed very late on in life and that then leads to a lot of mental health issues depression anxiety yeah. OCD self-harm you know having those suicidal thoughts because we've gone our whole lives thinking well why can't I do this simple thing that other people do yeah what's wrong with me why am I not like everyone else and then just that that lack of confidence and low self-esteem and you know just putting yourself down constantly and even like when it comes to asking like you say asking questions about things or not really being sure how to put things because sometimes when I talk to people like yourself like if I say something to you you understand or understand the reason or Mm -hmm. whatever but like obviously growing up not knowing that we have this problem you just say things to 
you say things to people sometimes and you get a reaction that you're not expecting because what's normal for us isn't normal for them and then you feel a bit like embarrassed or a bit like oh I should have said that or or they don't you know they don't feel the same as me and then you feel like bad about it and you don't know why whereas obviously being enlightened Mm -hmm. to all this stuff it's like okay I get why I'm different I get why this is how I react to things. I get why the little things sometimes seem big to me. I get why sometimes I can't take in something and I have to say, sorry, can we go through that again? Or can you explain it differently? Or this is, this is why I'm not lazy. Well, I am, I I still feel like I'm lazy when I put things off and I don't do things, but at least I understand why I do it. Do you know what I mean? It makes you feel a bit better just having, but people, people say, oh, but why do you need a label? And I just think this is the reason we need a label yeah because it's and I not think... it's not to parade and say oh we've got this we've got this we've got this we've got this it's to make yourself understand that actually mm-hmm. you're not a shit person do you know what yeah. I mean you're like um, you're doing the best that you can yeah and everyone struggles with different things and this is like a guidebook to the things that you struggle with and why you struggle with them and it's just figuring out ways of getting around them and getting on with life do you know what I mean yeah And funnily enough, I had this conversation with one of my friends last night that I'd not seen for for many, many years. And because obviously, you know, I have put on my social media about like being diagnosed with with ADHD. And he was asking all like these these very good questions in a way that didn't make me feel like I was being attacked. You know, like, oh, like, you know, like the label thing and and why did you feel like you needed to get a diagnosis? Yeah. Because I know people who are pretty confident they've got ADHD, but they don't feel the need for that label. And it's different for everyone. Yeah. Not everyone needs that diagnosis. Not everyone needs that label. But no. if you need that and that is going to help you have a better understanding of yourself, be less critical of yourself, give yourself a bit of a break, then get diagnosed. Self-diagnosis is also perfectly valid. Give yourself that label if that's what helps you. And that's where I'm sitting at the moment. Yeah. Because I've been screened. I went to my screening pretty much a year ago now, actually. It was last year in October that I went to mine. And I think you was like the December or a couple of months later. It wasn't long after that you got in touch. I feel like at the moment, learning about it is enough for me. At the moment, I do dip in and out of counselling to help with my emotional side of things that, you know, I might struggle with sometimes. Not all the time, but occasionally I feel the need to. And that helps me in that respect. But I think actually learning about ADHD and understanding it is at the moment okay for me I do want yeah. a diagnosis because I'm aware that coming up I'm going to be hitting my perimenopause I am going to be hitting that age group where my levels are going to be shot all over the place so if mm. I am diagnosed and feel the need to pr- proceed down the medication route as such then I can but without being fully diagnosed there's no option with medication yeah and because the diagnosis period is so long you know, some people in the country are waiting seven years to get an NHS diagnosis. So the, as soon as I learned about it and understood that these are the areas that I struggle with, I can clearly say, this is how it affects me in these respects. Then I put myself in the NHS diagnosis thing because I want to get ahead and I want to be there by the time that I really, really need this medication. Sometimes yeah. I think I need it now. Sometimes I'll go through periods of time, especially around, well, I I mean, sorry to the boys out there, but when I'm coming up to my period, it gets worse. And I know everyone gets a bit bit dippy around the hormonal time of the month. But I mean, I'm like 
I think I'm like they are then the rest of the month. But when it gets to my period, I'm useless and I forget everything. I'm putting stuff down all the time. I'm losing stuff all the time. I'm not concentrating on things. I'm struggling to keep up with everything. Like it, that week sometimes of the month, I might as well write it off. That's the week but, where you really do put your comb down somewhere. And yes. You can't yes, find that it. Comb. And, that's, and then eventually you do find it and it was right there in front of your eyes. Oh. Anything. It, it, and things that are really important sometimes as well. It's not like it's not important. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's just my brain just is shot. So yeah. when I get towards that perimenopause phase, when I get towards that, I'm a bit concerned about what it's actually going to be like then. So I want the option of medication at that point yeah. because I think um, I'm going to bloody need it as well. Yeah, I find learning about it. I listened to it. Obviously, we spoke about ADHD, AF. I it's for a relatable side of things. Yeah, any. Do you know what I was going to say? Um, any women out there, but even you know what, however you identify, that podcast is absolutely fantastic for relating, re- relating to just people's everyday personal experiences. So yeah, for anyone out there. ADHD as females, gonna gonna plug it now. Plug you need it, to yeah. listen to their podcast, and if you want something that's a bit more science based, intellectual or, based, yes. then the ADHD um, adult podcast for sure Very is uh, fantastic because they're coming from a science, factual, research based side of things, and they are all ADHD, but it's also quite structured. It's like chaotic yes. structure, if you know what I mean. So it's yeah. it's crazy enough for you to be able to follow it and enjoy it but it actually gives you the facts as well um, yeah, and what I like is... with their podcast is they've actually got the discord as well which you can join I don't know if you're yes. on that or not but yeah it's like a platform of their own on discord and you can ask questions and stuff like that and I basically got called up for jury duty a while ago and I was really really worried about it I was so anxious about it I didn't want to do it I didn't want to be the person that decided someone's future that heavily I didn't mm. want to not be able to concentrate if it's boring and I'm not interested in it I didn't want to have the stress of taking time off work I, I didn't want to have like that responsibility it's yeah. a massive responsibility and if I wanted to go into law I would have gone into law and I just I just couldn't cope with it and I thought if I can't even keep up with what's going on because it's that boring or something yeah. that I'm not interested in and also like the pressure of it and getting there on time finding the right place remembering to bring all the stuff that I need to bring all of the stuff that's involved in that from the things that I struggle with point of view and the RSD because I constantly question the decisions that I make sometimes sometimes I'll get halfway through the day and think what the hell did I do that for last week and that will be all that I can think about for like four days straight I'll do everyone's head in um my partner my family my close friends who I'm talking to they'll be why are you stressing about this thing so much but I will feel really awful because I may have said a sentence and not explained myself properly a week ago and that and it's all I can think about. So I yeah. don't want that jury duty pressure because of the way that my anxiety and my ADHD presents for me. And I put on the Discord that I was really stressed about it because I was having a conversation with someone. And they said, well, ADHD is registered as a disability and anxiety is a mental health problem. If you have been screened, diagnosed for ADHD, if you have any medical records of like your anxiety and how it presents in you, present it to the court and they might be able to do something. And I did it. 
and I got off. Yay. And, and I was, I had been stressed about that for six months, right? Oh, wow. I had literally been, like, every time you mentioned it, I can feel it in my stomach, I can feel it in my shoulders, I can feel it tingling down my arms. Like, it, it causes me such anxiety, the idea of going to do that because of all the things that I struggle with. It just, it was such a relief. And if I hadn't have had that app there and all that support from people who are actually experts, as well as people like you and me who are just learning about it, everyone's in there together, then I would have had to have done that. And that would have really, I would have really, really struggled with that. Yeah, you would. Yeah. And you know Um, what I'm like as well and the sorts of things I struggle with. And for me, to be put in that situation. And I think, because I know when when we were planning episode of your podcast one of the things that you mentioned about oh you know should we touch on what do I find helps me cope with my ADHD and you mentioned things with you like therapy medication the community and because I'm currently not medicated because I'm on a wait list to see a cardiologist before I can start medication therapy for me has been massive but involving myself in the ADHD community has been probably the biggest thing that has really supported me and would encourage anyone who thinks they might have it or you know or even know someone that has it and wants to know more about how to understand and support that person is get into the community you know like listen to some podcast or you know find the forums online because it yeah I think it is it is quite a life altering life changing enlightenment um, moment yes that's the word I was looking for is speak to other people who are going through what you're going through because it is such a complex issue that not enough is is known about and it's not just little boys running around hyperactive that getting that support from people who understand who are going through what you're going through is such a value valuable thing because I have had some negative interactions with people when I you know since I've been diagnosed that really impacted me quite significantly so then having people like yourself and the podcast is just yeah it is really it is a massive massive support and you know I have had support from people who don't have ADHD you've been absolutely fantastic but not everyone is you know quite as supportive yeah so yeah, I even think you took to, a breath there to, that. No, it's hard to support something that you don't understand and it's yeah nice to have people want to understand when you explain it and that's great but then it's easiest to talk to someone who understands yeah. because you don't have to do all of that explaining around what you're actually trying to say and you yeah, know that and... in some kind of way it's relatable so but yeah. I, I, like, I like it when people want to learn more because like when they respond and ask questions and if they don't really understand just say could you like give me a couple of examples so mm-hmm. I get so I get what you mean and then they're actually learning rather than saying oh yeah everyone gets that or yeah I have that all the time or no that's yeah know, oh, does, that's doesn't, ev- or, doesn't everyone or, do or, that blah, blah, I do that oh yeah, I can't just, just do it it's easy and it's yeah just, and it's, I think actually yeah the more that, um, like we said about the podcasts and things like that, that we listen to, like my partner's listened to a lot of them with me. My parents have listened mm-hmm. to a lot of them. My sister's listened to a lot of them. And by them learning about it, it's not just me feeling like I'm making excuses for my behaviour. It's like it's yeah. nice that they understand. And it, actually, 
the relationships within my close circles of friends, family have altered slightly since I've explained about ADHD and yeah, they've been totally. interested and they understand because when I have anxiety about something and it seems silly or when uh, I'm a bit late and my friends always know me for being late. Anyone I spend time with a lot and there'll be people listening here probably who think, oh yeah, that's Carla, she's always late or she's always rushing to her table or whatever. <laughs> they understand, but it's not, oh, she's so disorganized. She's really lazy. She didn't think to do that. She didn't think to do that. It's probably because actually I did plan on doing that, but this went wrong and this went wrong. Yeah. And I didn't judge the timings for that right. And I hadn't packed that because I'd forgotten because I got distracted by this. Da, 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 da. And it's not that you're putting the not putting the F in. It's that you're actually finding things take you longer because of the struggles that you have. Um, yes. Do you know what I mean? You got halfway up the road and you've got to turn around and go back because you forgot to put the table in, that sort of thing, at a competition. You know, that takes time. Mm. And so when I'm late, it's not because I'm being thoughtless. It's not because I'm like trying to like set people back or like cause... Yeah, you're not, you're not being one. careless. Like, for fuck's sake, I can't remember to do this. All this plays into the ADHD. So just creating awareness makes it slightly less daunting when things go wrong, I suppose. Yeah, and that actually kind of takes me back to something we were talking about earlier when you were saying you know when you're a child or when you're younger and you say or do things and other people are like well that's weird yeah so then you take that on board and then and that's where the rsd kicks in and that then leads to a lifetime of masking yeah which um, particularly for women as well so up until recently i wasn't really someone who was late I was someone who was always early because I've had to mask my ADHD for so long that I was like, I can't be late, I can't be late, I can't be late. So that means, you know, I've got to do this at this time, so I can't do anything now up until that time. And I'm going to have to give give myself four hours to get ready so that I'm not late. So now that I'm slowly learning to unmask my kind of chaotic with my timekeeping's kind of creeping out a bit more you know I've heard people say well if it is ADHD and you've had it your whole life why are these symptoms only just appearing now and it's like masking yeah (laughs) because I exhibited those symptoms habits behaviors early on in life got made to feel like that was wrong so then I'd RSD about it so then subconsciously you start to mask these things and then you burn yourself out so much because you spent your entire life with this masking yeah. place. Yeah, and I think in a way, so I always externally would try and appear as someone who's got their shit together. Yes. <laughs> yes. I try I do try my hardest in everything I do, but I don't think a lot of people previously to the last few years have realised how much I suppose, like, you know, when you have a duck swimming and it's, like, gliding along the top and the legs are, like, la, 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 underneath. Yeah. Oh, like, my God, that's, that's how, perfect That's, life. like, how I felt, like, a lot of my life, that I really do have done everything to appear like I'm that gliding duck along the river. Yeah, And I don't easy, think, in all honesty, easy. it does you any good trying to act like that. And I don't know if I achieved it. I don't know if people actually thought that. But I tried so hard, I just assumed that that was how I come across. Whereas in the last couple of years, I, through counselling, through understanding mental health, through understanding and learning more about things, podcasts and such like, 
have learned that actually sometimes you do need to ask for help sometimes you do need to say I can't cope with this at the moment I do need this day off because I am absolutely yeah. exhausted and I can't function I do need to charge more because if I don't charge more I have to work more and I can't physically keep this up mentally physically any shape or fashion and I have started to just accept that nobody's perfect and if I'm struggling with something and it's going to cause me trouble in my life then I need to talk about it or alter something and I've really this year tried to implement those things and I think yeah. that it's purely because of finding out about ADHD and understanding that no matter how much I beat myself up no matter how hard I try there are things in life that I'm going to struggle with and so rather than beating myself up about those things change something do something different concentrate on my positives as such a bit better and understanding through knowledge that sometimes when I don't achieve things or mess things up or think I've set a goal that's a bit too high here or whatever and I haven't mm -hmm. quite got there or whatever, that I need to be like compassionate and basically yeah. accept that right, this might take me a bit longer. This I might need to change my goal here a little bit or alter what I'm aiming for or this doesn't suit me, I need to change it rather than trying to fit into this thing that clearly isn't working do you know what I mean yeah trying to be a square um, peg in a round hole yeah that's the one square peg in a round hole yeah so it's, um, and, and actually doing this podcast has helped as well because I've spoken to people um other groomers who struggle with different things or who enjoy different things to me or and it's just understanding that we're all you know similar and different in our own ways and whether you've got ADHD whether you haven't got ADHD whether you've got um, anxiety, whether you've got depression, whether you've got OCD, just understanding whatever your thing is, I think is the best way to move forward because you need to understand it to forgive yourself and to understand yeah. what to do to go forwards. I had the idea of doing this podcast for a while. Probably, a yeah, I remember. I remember you. I, I think it's been about two or three me. years. So I've yeah, been, it's in on the back burner, and I hadn't really had the ins and outs decided but it was like something I wanted to do and I think actually since finding out about ADHD because previously I just thought I had anxiety but now I understand why I have anxiety is probably a lot to do with my ADHD same, and understanding, creates, <laughs> understanding things make things easier so that's why I decided no I'm going to do this podcast I'm going to do it because if it's helped me it can help someone else and if it's just pointing someone in the right direction or teaching someone about something that needs to be taught about because awareness needs to be generated in order for us all to understand each other and understand ourselves I'm really glad that you have you've found what it was that you needed to get the idea you know get the ball rolling with doing the podcast like I think it's a it's a great thing and I think the words com compassion and forgiveness I think are two really important things I think everyone should give themselves more of you know regardless of especially you know, if any, you're a dog groomer yeah exactly is that you know give yourself the compassion that you would give to someone else treat yourself with a little bit of forgiveness for things that you know you you do struggle with try not to be so self-critical and learn to kind of self-advocate for yourself and put those boundaries in place as well like like I said give yourself the compassion that you would give you know to to other people and I think but, that yeah. is like a really important thing it's a really important message and I think that's a really good note to finish on as well. Yeah. We've been talking for ages and we've covered so many um, important things. And I think that was just a wonderful thing to end on. So just be yeah, Well, definitely. thank you for coming on. 
Oh no, honestly, thank you for inviting me. I know you were when you did ask me, you were like, don't feel pressured if you don't if you don't feel comfortable doing it. Um, but no, I actually I actually feel quite honoured that you oh. um, you asked me to kind of be a part of of this one for you. Brilliant. So no, I've re- I've really enjoyed it. I definitely need to go and make a cup of tea now though because I've got a throat <laughs> like sandpaper. Well, thank you very much and goodbye. You are very welcome. Bye, Carla. Bye. I really enjoyed that chat with Laura. We really have supported each other with all things ADHD. Yesterday, I worked in the morning. Then I needed to make an order for the salon, which I did over the phone. I then needed to take some cash to pay in at the post office and needed to pop to the vets to pick up my dog's medication. So I got to the post office counter and then realised I had forgotten my debit card. It was still on the worktop where I phoned the supplier earlier. So therefore, I couldn't pay my cash in, so I had to go back home to get my card. I was in a right strop as I had other things to be doing with my afternoon. So once home, I thought, right, well I won't pay it in today, I'll pay it in on Friday, as I've still got half a day off. So then I got on with some housework and started a few other bits that I needed to do. Then realised that I'd completely forgotten by this point that I still hadn't been to the vets, so I had to go back in the end anyway. These little stories are quite funny, and I know that they sound a bit chaotic, but the impact that they do have is that they do have consequences. Missing appointments, feeling like you're letting people down, causing stress, chasing deadlines. Then there's the dopamine-seeking side of things too. People with ADHD are far more likely to form addictions, to take risks and to find ways to get their chemical releases that they need. Some struggle with motivation, whereas others, like me, generally struggle to relax. There's so much to learn and I'm so glad that Laura had agreed to come on and chat with me. If you haven't yet listened to episode 7 with Zoe Joanne and coaching, it would be worth doing that too to find out a bit more about ADHD coaching and how it can help. Next week... I'm talking to Gary Gray about some of the mental health and wellbeing events that we have attended this year together, as well as a few other things that we've been up to both in and outside of the dog world, along with me answering some of my own questions and some of the questions that you've asked on the Facebook page. So if you want to ask some questions in the meantime, get on the Facebook page and please leave a rating and follow us on your chosen podcast platform. I will be back next Monday. Have a brilliant week, be kind to yourself and stay warm. Cheerio!